All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Welcome to the Daily Faceoff Show, your everyday source for the latest news with top-notch insight and analysis, live every weekday at noon Eastern. Welcome in. It is a March 28th edition of the Daily Faceoff Show. Tyler Remchuk and Mike McKenna with you to recap a weekend of action around the NHL. But first, Mike, you got the Cardinals cap on and you are beaming. You're fired up that Albert Pujols is back with the cards. Oh, dude, can you believe it? Like he was a villain when he left St. Louis 10 seasons ago. I think it's been for greener pastures in California. Now he's repatriating back to the gateway city. I don't watch a ton of baseball, but this is pretty cool. I'm a sucker for for comeback stories and things come in full circle, Tyler. So I had this I had to rock cards hat today, man. Just make an exception for it. I love it. I love it. Uh, Yeah, I'm a big baseball guy, so I'm fired up for opening day, which is coming up in a few weeks. But let's stick with the hockey here and throw two minutes and 30 seconds up on the clock and start with one of the more entertaining, if not the most entertaining game of the weekend around the NHL. It was the Minnesota Wild going up against the Colorado Avalanche, a game that had essentially three lead changes. Ryan Hartman ties things up with six and a half minutes to go. Mike, the Wild get the win in OT. Cam Talbot makes 40 saves. Was this game, is this enough to convince you that the Wild are a legitimate contender to take down the Avalanche in that division? I think that they've had every opportunity to be the team to do so. And the more I talk to friends around the league, they all seem to think it's not just Calgary that could take out Colorado. Minnesota's got a really good chance as well. And you could see the intensity from the very start of this game. There were scrums after almost every whistle. Huge hits. Matt Dumba lays out Ranton and 
And guess who comes to Rantanen's aid? Nathan McKinnon. When the captain is out of your lineup, Landeskog for Colorado, you're looking for leadership. McKinnon steps up. That was a big moment. But this game had everything. The drama, the suspense, the passion, the intensity. There were 35 hits for both of these teams. And for Minnesota to stay in this game, not let Colorado run away with it when they had chances to. Some huge saves by Cam Talbot. And by the way, I think that's the top goaltending tandem in the league now between Cam Talbot and Marc-Andre Fleury. Good luck getting past that duo in playoffs. And I just think, Tyler, this game was playoffs, man. You see some of these other ones. We may, we're going to talk about one in a little bit later here that wasn't like this. It didn't have this intensity. Zuccarello, phenomenal, his vision. So I, I think that Minnesota's for real, Tyler. I think they could easily play a big factor in the playoffs. Cam Talbot's won seven straight games. Minnesota's looking pretty good right now. Yeah, they're looking fantastic. The shots in that game, though, they were 42 to 29 for Colorado, although sometimes that can be a bit of a deceiving number when you're looking at it on sort of a one game basis. Colorado, like you said, they are missing Landeskog, though, so that's a boost they're going to get come playoff time. But you talked about the goaltending, the best duo in the league in Talbot and Flurry, and Flurry had his first win with the Wild over the last couple of days as well. And, you know, Landeskog coming back, I think, would give the Avalanche the boost. And I would like if it, if this was the second round matchup we get, if we get mini Colorado, I wouldn't be picking Minnesota to win, but I certainly wouldn't be picking a Colorado sweep or a Colorado win in five games either. Cause really, Mike, we've seen it time and time again in the playoffs. When you have the goaltending and you have a lineup that's capable of playing physical and intense like Minnesota does, anything's possible. Absolutely. I mean, it just has shades of the first round last year when it was the wild against the Golden Knights. That series went to seven games. Minnesota gave Vegas everything they could handle vegas ended up knocking off colorado in six just after that so i like minnesota their game should continue to grow and like you said colorado's got a bit of room as well but that was a great game really entertaining out that was a great game. Another game that was entertaining was uh, between the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Detroit Red Wings. Entertaining for the complete opposite reasons. It was not a great hockey game. It was the Penguins just absolutely stomping the wings, putting up 11 goals. And look at some of these numbers we got from this recent run from the wings, because it has been a rough, rough stretch for that Detroit team, starting with the fact that they've now allowed 10 plus goals in a game twice this year no other teams allowed that yet at all there's only been two times where a team's allowed 10 plus goals the wings are both of them there's been three games now that where the wings have allowed nine more only six times that's happened all year the wings are half of that and all three of those has, have happened in the last 31 days as well detroit they've allowed six plus goals six times in the last 31 days since february 26 they're allowing over five goals per game Second worst in the NHL in that span is Anaheim with four goals against per game. It's just a terrible run. We'll get to Pittsburgh in a second, but starting with Detroit, Mike, this team just, they look lost right now. They do. I mean, their captain Dylan Larkin after the game said, we've got to find our identity. We cannot keep doing this. Well, they needed to find it about a month and a half ago. I mean, I thought midway through the season, Detroit might actually be able to make a push for playoffs. And that's just... That's the furthest thing from the thought process now at this point. We saw the rare double goalie pull last night where Nadelkovich started. He gets pulled. Pickard comes in. Nadelkovich back in. If you want to lay this only on the goaltending in Detroit, you're sorely wrong because they are not protecting the house whatsoever. They're giving up uh, odd man rushes against. They're just disjointed and they're not playing hard enough. Detroit only blocked eight shots last night. Like, if you want an indicator of what your team 
is thinking mentally. There's one right now. Where's the buy-in? They have got to be better. Uh, I just think that this club in Detroit really should be ahead of where they are, especially given their talent. It's surprising to see them go on this type of uh, of journey, man, in the wrong direction. They, they are better than this. And I think that's exactly what Dylan Larkin was trying to say after the game. Yeah, and part of me wonders if there's maybe a bit of a disconnect here between the coaching staff, maybe some of the young guys on this team. Uh, flipping to the other side of this, hey, Pittsburgh scored 11 in this hockey game. They had nine different goal scorers as well. Ricard Raquel seems to be fitting in like a glove on this Pittsburgh lineup. If you're another team in the East, you're probably looking at this top nine in Pittsburgh and gulping a little bit going, hey, they're going to be a handful down the stretch here. Yeah, I actually have Pittsburgh going to the Stanley Cup Finals. And part of that's because I just like to pick underdogs. But I really like the way this team is constructed. They've been they've been consistent all season long. But this, this game last night was really kind of a classic bounce-back game. They'd just gotten beat by the Rangers 5-1 two nights before. They were sitting, they were waiting. And Detroit had played the previous night. Uh, and they started Nadelkovich in that game against... Uh, to the night before on the road to Tampa Bay. Then they ran them back again the next night. So this was set up for Pittsburgh to have success, but I love their killer instinct, Tyler. Like they didn't let off the gas here at all. Like this was a statement. And sometimes it's easy when you get up six goals to just totally quit. Detroit pops too. And it was kind of like the Penguins realized, all right, we're, we're not done here. Let's get this thing going. Malkin, Latang, both of them phenomenal. Malkin had a hat trick. Um, Pittsburgh looks good, man. I think that they're, they're a sleeper pick in the East. Another uh, another guy that's looking good right now is Roman Yossi. And what a month the Predators defenseman has been having. Uh, we'll get we'll get to the awards talk in just a second here. But how about some of these numbers from Yossi? Since March 1st, he's first in the NHL with 28 points. About, among the players who have played at least 10 games, only he and Patrick Kane are averaging two points a game in the month of March. Yossi now up to 81 points on the season in 64 games played. He's on pace for 101 points. Reason why he's on such a high pace has just been this absolutely historic month of March as well. I mean, for points by a defenseman in a single month, this guy's on the verge of breaking the record. And it's a bit of like a weird sort of nitpicky stat we're looking at here for most points in one month by a defenseman. But when your name's up there with Paul Coffey and Bobby Orr, and you still have a couple more games to go this month, that speaks volumes to the kind of run that you're on. He's two points away from passing Brent Burns for the most points by a defenseman in a season in the salary cap era. And if he can get to 90 points, Mike, he would be the first D-man since Ray Bork in 93-94 to put up 90 points in a single season. But the, the Hunter point mark is not out of the question here. We thought it was just Kale McCarr's Norris to lose for a while here. Is this run by Yossi changing your mind on the Norris Trophy race? Yeah, I just give it to Yossi. Like, dude, I didn't think anybody could touch Kale McCarr this season. He was my runaway. He was my horse. I've said that at times I think Kale McCarr might be the best player in the league. And I, that's flipping a lot of my statements on their head, on its head right now, considering what Yossi's done. 13-game point streak. And, like, it's not a fluke that your name is included with Bob Yor and Paul Coffey when you put those numbers up. This isn't a one-off. I mean, Yossi's a previous Norris Trophy winner. He's the Swiss cyborg, dude. Watch this guy skate. Watch him possess the puck in his vision. Early in the season, it was really his power play time that was driving his points, I thought. But the five-on-five play of Yossi in the last several months, I mean, since All-Star break, he's got 27 points in 21 games, just five-on-five. And he's been a key part, Tyler, to re-energizing Matt Duchesne. They've found a click this year along with Forsberg. Matt Duchesne has 20 points five-on-five since the All-Star break. A lot of that 
is due to Roman Yossi. And I think the reason why you got to look for Yossi towards not just the Norris, Tyler, I think even the heart at this point. Yeah. The reason being Kale McCarr, Adam Fox, Hedberg and Tampa. Those teams are all in the playoffs solidly, even without those three. I don't think Nashville's there without Roman Yossi. You can lump UC Saros in as well, but Yossi has carried this Predators team this year. He's been, this is incredible. This is historic what we're watching. He's the Norse front runner for me, Tyler, like unquestionably. Yeah, I, I think it'll be tight between he and McCarr, but the recency bias probably does push Yossi into the driver's seat here. And I agree with you. Like, he's been unreal. The Hart Trophy talk is deserved, in my opinion, as well. He's 14 points ahead of second place on their team. And he's a defenseman. And it's not like he's a purely offensive defenseman. You mentioned it. This is a guy that's won a Norris Trophy before. And now he's got these insane numbers to go with it. He's going to be in the Hart Trophy conversation right up until the end of the season. And like you said, it's incredibly deserved for Yossi. Switching gears a little bit, we're going to be joined by Frank Cervalli in a few minutes. He is live in Florida at the GM meetings. Uh, but before we get to that, Mike, I figured we'd throw around, you know, maybe if we had the stage at the GM meetings, what would we want to maybe pitch out to change around the NHL? So I'll uh, I'll give the floor to you here to give sort of your first ideas on, on what would you present to the GMs that could better the league? Well, I still think that we need a permanent third goalie instead of the e-bug system. I'd like to see that implemented. I wrote a piece on Daily Faceoff earlier this year that outlined parameters. But I think something that's actually feasible would be to just go to pond hockey in overtime. Get rid of the red line. Get rid of the blue line. No icing. No offside. Just three on three. Drop a puck and see what happens. Like if you're a team that's desperate for a win or points. Who's to say that you don't just fly the zone and send a guy to the far end and throw Hail Marys and hope? Would that not be exciting? Goalie makes a save. Chuck one back the other direction. Imagine watching Mike Smith in overtime when there's no lines on the ice. I'm telling you, man, the chaos factor might be a little high, but we, we've already crossed this bridge. We put a shootout into the game. We went to three on three. Why do we have lines on the ice? Just open it up, man. I guarantee more games would end with hockey being played instead of shootouts, if we went to pond hockey, what do you have, Tyler? Yeah, I want to touch on that idea, too, because I really like it. Like, I remember the first year three on three was around and it was probably you could argue more entertaining than it is now. And a lot of people said, you just wait. There are coaches who will suck the life out of this thing. And I think that's maybe happened a little bit here. You see a lot of teams now not afraid to just regroup back and just play the puck possession game and wind down the clock until they get that perfect scoring chance. And I love your point that, hey, open it up. It might be weird, but three on three is weird. The shootout is weird. And we've had that for a long time now. Why not just completely blow it open? Uh, For me, I I would push really hard for the three two one point system. I, I know the league has never really been firmly on board with this. Frank Saravalli gave his point on this uh, on the DFO rundown earlier today. You can listen to that wherever you get your podcast from. But I'm with Frank on this. I think there's just too many teams when you look at the standings who have racked up 10, 11, 12 sort of one-point losses. And I get it. I'm cool with having a loser point to some extent. But I think going with three wins for a regulation loss will really allow the good teams to show a little bit more in the standings. And the other thing too, Mike, is if it was three points for a regulation win, I think playoff races would be tighter right up until the end of the season as well. Yeah, those models are always interesting to look at. I am not a stathlete. I can tell you that with full certainty. Um, But any incentive you can find to get a team to try to play a little bit harder, to gain some more points, that wouldn't be bad. But I do look at those points that teams gain, and even in overtime losses, shootout losses, and I look at those and I think, you know what? 
those teams that have, have at least been in the games, they've been close, yeah. they've been able to get points. There's value in that, but you're right. It could create separation if you did it otherwise. Yeah. And I suppose maybe my beef, like I like getting, having the one point for an OT loss. Maybe my problem is valuing a team winning in the shootout, the same as valuing them, the same as when they win in the first 60 minutes. Right. Uh, but a conversation for another day, I suppose let's get into what actually is going down in Florida or going on down in Florida with Frank Saravalli and another edition of icebreakers. Excited to have for all look at that setup. The sun is shining. He's on the balcony. Frank Saravalli is absolutely living his best life right now. It's another edition of Icebreakers delivered by DoorDash. Uh, Frank, last week, you were the first one to report on the, the idea that the LTIR and that loophole will be brought up at the GM meetings. Now that we're there and the GM meetings are going to begin this week, what would you say is the appetite for change? And what can you tell us about maybe what's going to be discussed in regards to the LTIR? Yeah, I think, guys, what I'm most interested in or surprised in has been the appetite from other managers. I wasn't sure how small the group was, how many guys would actually be pushing for change. And I think it's actually quite large. Almost a third of the league's GMs, maybe almost half, are saying, look, there's something that's just a little bit off here. Maybe we can tighten this up just a little bit to create a more level playing field. And so that's certainly one of the things that they're discussing today is, first off, let's take the temperature and understand who exactly is in favor of making a change? Is the NHL head office interested in making a change? And I believe that at the end of the day, Gary Bettman and Bill Daly are both interested in, in seeing this shored up or closed up a little bit so that no team has an advantage if they end up coming down with an injury to get a guy back late in the playoffs or in the playoffs when things matter most. But the other part of it is the fix. I think it's a pretty easy fix. We talked about it last week, the idea of instituting Sort of a playoff cap. Your guys that you ice on the ice that night in the Stanley Cup playoffs, they must be under $81.5 million or whatever that year's cap is. It's an easy thing to institute. The hard thing is, how do you get to a, the NHL Players Association where you can get the sort of buy-in? Because this is, if it were to get to that point where the NHL would like to make a change, it's a material change to the collective bargaining agreement. And it's something that they would have to agree with in the NHL Players Association in order to have something like this take place. What's the players' appetite for this? They haven't taken the players' temperature on it. And then what would the NHL have to give up in return? It's kind of a complicated mess. And so I think when it all comes down to it, I'm wondering if we will actually see any change come out of it. I think I'm leaning towards less likely than likely. But coming down here, engaging in conversation with a number of managers over the last 24 hours, I was surprised how many of them are in favor of making a change. Frank, I got to tell you, if we come back on tomorrow and you're not sitting in that seat directly behind you, just swinging along in the breeze, talking to us, I'm going to be very, very disappointed. But let's talk about gameplay. OK, is there anything that the GMs are looking at and they're thinking, you know what, we've got some gray areas that maybe we could tighten up or things that we could eliminate from the actual play on the ice itself? First off. I don't know that there's enough weight in that thing over there to support me from dangling on anything. <laughs> Second, I would say that uh, when it comes to some little nuances in play, there are a few things on the agenda to be talked about. There's always the coach's challenge. We'll get review. The Department of Player Safety will get some review. But Mike, one thing that you hit on a couple weeks ago on the Daily Faceoff show that I absolutely loved with this idea of teams gaming the long change, particularly in overtime, 
player in one door, out the other. I know you said it's maybe an old St. Lawrence trick, something like that. The Chisler play. I don't know if you guys have <laughs> the Chisler. I don't know if you have it uh, queued up or not, Alex. But if not, you know, it, it was something that popped up in an Anaheim game recently that I think a number of GMs were like, hey, I don't quite like the look of that. Let's see if we could maybe cut that out. So uh, I'm a fan of the Chisler. You ain't cheating. You ain't trying. If you're not getting as close to the line as possible, Mike, you said this before. It's a big thing in racing. If you're not right up against that line looking for every edge, every percentage point possible, you're not doing it right. So that's one of the other things that they're going to talk about among some other things. Uh, Frank, let's uh, for the third one here, let's just empty the notebook kind of. Is there anything else you're keeping an eye on? Anything you're hearing about down in Florida that uh, that is at the top of your mind right now? Well, we talked a lot about last week about the idea of does there need to be some sort of change after the Evgeny Dodonov trade was voided with regards to no trade lists. And I think there is a bit of an appetite from the league's perspective and probably also from the NHL Players Association to, hey, let's not get ourselves in a situation again like that where we have a player that's dangling out there for a while and frankly, a team that's uncertain. Let's see if we can have a centralized database, probably with central registry or someone at the NHL that keeps track of these no trade lists so that it doesn't come up again. I think there's certainly an appetite for that. And that's something that will be discussed as well as some updates from the NHL alumni association, USA hockey. And in addition to that, Kim Davis will also be speaking to the NHL general managers, the senior vice president for diversity and inclusion and a ton of uh, different things that are added to her title that I can't, uh, it's like a 13 word title. So, She'll be talking to the GMs as well about the program that was in place uh, starting in March, the respect group with Sheldon Kennedy that for whatever reason, the specific training wasn't specific enough and they are going to institute that next season as opposed to March, but the GMs will be getting an update on that and all that comes with that. And I'm hoping some other interesting little things pop up here, guys, over the next 24 to 48 hours here in florida you never know sometimes these gms get in a room they bat around an idea and something comes out of it that you weren't quite expecting perfect well we will be getting another update from you exactly 24 hours from now another edition of icebreakers coming tomorrow on the show that's going to do it for today's version though and as always it's delivered by our friends at doordash those promo codes at the bottom dfod and dfoddus get you 25 percent off and no delivery fees on your first order frank i know you're ordering some doordash today you're living that good hotel life so uh enjoy and we'll chat with you again tomorrow on another edition of icebreakers Let's get to our daily face-off inbox question, hashtag ask DFO, and I'm chuckling just reading the line we have here. Ever smack a man? Um, I mean, it's all the internet's talking about today is the Will Smith slap on Chris Rock last night at the Oscars. So Mike, the question, the ask DFO inbox question, you ever slapped a man? Yes, uh, and it was a teammate of mine. Uh, when we were playing for the Norfolk Admirals of the American Hockey League and we were affiliated with the Tampa Bay Lightning and it was teammate Blair Jones. And we were at a karaoke bar in Providence, Rhode Island. Uh, Zen and Kanopka was at our table. We'd, we'd, we'd shared a bottle of red. It'd been a good evening. Jay Rosehill was up on stage singing Meatloaf songs. Unbelievable karaoke singer. But Jonesy just kept pressing my buttons, man. Like playfully, you know what I mean? It wasn't like he was being malicious, but I was eventually got to the point. I was like, Jonesy, I'm I'm gonna slap you in public if you keep this up. So I I warned him. I told him straight up, like, I'm gonna slap you. 
And he just kept needling and he did it again and again. And I finally just, what did the five fingers say to the face? Slap, like smacked him in public in the middle of the bar and Kanopka's roaring laughing. I didn't really know what was going to happen next. Uh, I wasn't sure if he was going to attack me, but thankfully Jonesy saw the humor in it and realized that I had warned him. And that was that. That was like it. He didn't say anything else the rest of the night. Um, but I'll never forget it because I slapped a man in public and I was very proud of it, Tyler. I, I mean, have you taken part in this as well? I mean, I'm just dying to hear some wild college story. And when you just hauled off on somebody at a pizza joint, please tell me you've got <laughs> something like that. I have nothing. I'm not a very violent person. Um, no, like I've never been in a fight or anything like that. I've never been forced to slap or hit anyone. Um, yeah, I really wish I did have a better story for you because yours is fantastic. I mean, how many people are out here throwing hands at a karaoke bar? It's great. But what I did do to bring some sort of value to the show today is I dug around social media a little bit and I did find uh, some of my favorite moments from uh, the Twitter sphere. How about this one from Arda? Will Smith won an Oscar and got into a fight. He's an assist away from the Gordie Howe hat trick. Uh, we had a, a couple other ones here. One from our friend Dan Gallant, who runs hockeyfights.com, and he very fittingly put the fight or put the slap, I should say, <laughs> up on hockeyfights.com and into the template as well. So great stuff from our boy, uh, the Danalytic. And then we got this one. I mean, come on. Kevin Weeks was breaking trades from everywhere leading up to the deadline. So it would make sense that he would also be uh, on stage here at the Oscars to let us know what's happening. And our producer, Alex, also put together uh, a nice little video here with an NHL comparable for the moment. Uh, do we have that, Alex? Oh, yeah, we do. Will Smith strutting up on stage and then uh, bang, just like Austin Matthews on Rasmus Dahlin, a quick uh, a quick shot to the head as well. So if it uh, was in their jurisdiction, I'm sure the NHL's Department of Player Safety would be uh, taking a look at this play from Will Smith. Uh, but let's oh, this one as well. Yes, Alex really wanted us to show this one. This was producer Alex's <laughs> favorite moment, uh, Will Smith's publicist at the end of the Oscars and then the clip from uh, Men in Black as well. So. Uh, good stuff. It's always good fun on social media when these viral clips sort of uh, sort of come down the pipe. It's it's great being on social media on Twitter, Mike, in like the hour that these things happen because you see yeah. all the first little bits and all the good jokes that are coming out. And it just gets better and better as it goes until it finally reaches the point of maximum saturation. It becomes old news. But it's almost like yeah. I remember when the Chappelle show would come out when you're in college before YouTube or anything else. And the whole campus would be walking around going, yeah, yeah. Oh, what? And <laughs> Because you, we'd all just watched it. And then it got to the point it was so annoying. You just had to tell people to be quiet after two or three days. But the cycle of memes and viral yeah. stuff on the web is always entertaining, man. I'm here for it. All right, let's get to our daily bet segment brought to you by our friends at Points Bet Canada. I had a really good week last week, actually. So uh, let's hope to keep that rolling here. And I'm going to start with uh, something I've been doing a lot recently. And it's been working a lot recently. And it's taken two favorites parlaying them to win in regulation. We'll start with the matchup at the bottom, actually, in the LA Kings, who are 2-0-1 on this current homestand, and they just beat Seattle 4-2 on Saturday down in LA. So I like LA to do it again. They're in the middle of a playoff race. They're playing desperate hockey. Seattle's just 9-21-3 and on the road so far this season. So taking the LA Kings in regulation, it's about minus 130, and combining that with the Oilers to beat the Coyotes in regulation, which is about minus 216, that parlay gets you to about plus 150 from the Edmonton side of this. They got embarrassed on Saturday night against their provincial rivals in Calgary. And something Frank Cervalli's talked to me about is you never want to bet against a team that just got embarrassed. And the Oilers returned to home ice where they've won six in a row 
They're taking on a Coyotes team that's playing their third game in four nights, second of back-to-backs, and they were just in Winnipeg last night as well. So they had a bit of travel here. They've lost both their games on this road trip. Edmonton's a fantastic home bet. They should win in regulation. I like LA as well, parlaying them for plus 150. And for my player prop, we are sticking with that Oilers matchup. And I am pushing all my chips into the middle on Connor McDavid tonight in this hockey game. It's not a bad guy to bet on here. You uh, really don't want to bet against Connor McDavid, certainly. But he's just been doing nothing but put up multi-point games. It's about minus 110 for him to get multiple points and minus 117 for him to score a goal. He actually hasn't scored in four games, even though he's been racking up all the assists. I don't think McDavid goes five games without a goal. So I'm throwing a unit on McDavid to score, a unit on McDavid to go over a point and a half tonight. And then we got the Edmonton LA parlay at plus 150. So three total bets tonight on a Monday night in the NHL as I look to keep the hot streak going. And we will wrap up the show with a little garbage time. Mike, what do you got? Well, nice moment last night in Pittsburgh. Uh, after warmups, the TV crew was able to catch a really nice interaction between a young fan named Bryson. And if you look close enough, you can see the hashtag Bryson Strong. He is a cancer survivor. He has beaten it. And he asked for a picture with some of the players to celebrate. You can see Dave, Casey DeSmith coming over, takes a picture with Bryson. And then the coolest moment for me, fellow cancer survivor, Brian Boyle, comes over to greet Bryson, gives him a puck. Just really good. And then after the game was over, of course, the Penguins stomped Detroit. So naturally, uh, they were three stars of the game. I believe it was Evgeny Malkin gave Bryson a stick as well. Just um, one of those really cool moments and interactions that happens pretty naturally in our game. And it's nice to see the players embrace it. Yeah, it's great to see that. We had the moment, obviously, in Edmonton last week that went viral with Ben Stelter. And uh, it's great to see things getting back to normal in relation to the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And these are some of those things that we really didn't get over the last two years that, in my opinion, really remind you kind of what sports is all about and what sports can do when it's done right. And this is certainly an example of that. And the interaction between fans just always fantastic when it's for stuff like this. It's pure. It's wholesome. It's pure. And you make a great point, Tyler. I love that when I played. I love being able to meet all the kids, give them a stick, make them smile. That's a huge part of our job. It's been missing for the players, and now it's finally starting to come back. Great point. There we go. That's going to do it for another edition of the Daily Faceoff Show. We're going to run it back. We're going to do it again tomorrow. Mike will be back. I'll be back. And our boy Frank Cervalli will be live from Florida. Florida. So keep it locked on Daily Faceoff. In the meantime, we'll talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks for watching the Daily Faceoff Show. Make sure you hit subscribe on our YouTube channel to never miss an episode. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.